Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. I'm already going to tell you, most of you are going to overshoot what is realistic to get done with the time that you have. And so for the things that are not able to get done, I need you to be able to surrender those and just put them on the list for next week. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Are you feeling like you're at the end of yourself? Does it feel like there's not enough of you to go around? Is the feeling of overwhelm leading to irritability or impatience? Do you feel like you're failing at just about every part of life? Oh, if any of those questions resonate with you, you just might be experiencing burnout. And that's the bad news. But here's the good news. Today's guest knows the way out of burnout. Deanna Mason is the host of the Refreshed Moms podcast and the creator of the Refreshed Moms app, where she helps mom entrepreneurs exchange an overcommitted lifestyle with one filled with rest. I'm guessing that's an exchange many of us want to make. So welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Deanna. Thank you, Jill. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my goodness, so am I. So Deanna, you and I first connected just as moms. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Mm -hmm. So I am a mother of two beautiful children that are sitting on the other side of this door virtual schooling. They're actually in finals week. I have a daughter who is now 13 in seventh grade and my son is 15 and he's in his sophomore year. And I'm married to one amazing, sexy husband named Eddie Mason. <laughs> and he's also on the other side of his door, remote working. So we're all at home <laughs> in the pandemic season, um, enjoying life. But um, I started my entrepreneurial journey when my children were very, very young. So mm -hmm. I've been having to learn this dance of following after the things I believe God has put in my heart to do in order mm -hmm. to serve community and making room for family in a way that I desire to be present for my family. And that's kind of where you came into my life. <laughs> I, I connected with Hearts at Home, which nurtured my desire to have my faith being modeled at home and raising children that love Jesus. And that was a lot of my support system back then <laughs> was mm -hmm. teach me how to mom well and teach me how to mom as I'm also following after God. So anyway, yes. thank you for yes. that. 
<laughs> I love that. And when we first met, you lived in the Chicago area, but you guys now are in the Atlanta area, correct? Yes. I am from the Chicago area, South Suburbs of Chicago. I was born and raised there. Been, been moving around for ministry for almost my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, ministry brought us back to the Chicago area in 2008, I believe. And we were there for another seven years before we came back to Atlanta for more ministry work. And my husband's from He's born and raised here in Atlanta. This is actually where we met and married. So we're kind of like a hybrid between Chicagoans and Atlanta area. That, that Those are our like home bases. So we're back in Atlanta right now. Gotcha. So Deanna, you um, are really passionate about helping moms and helping entrepreneurs prevent burnout. Yeah. But you have your own burnout story, which isn't surprising because most (laughs) of the time when we want to help other people, it's because we've been there. So can you tell us what happened? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So as I mentioned before, I have been doing entrepreneurial work since my children were very small. So my son was two and my daughter was two and a half months when I relocated back to the Chicago area. For work. All right. So I was working nine to five and I very quickly learned that I did not know how to be a present mom and work nine to five. That was, <laughs> I didn't know how to, I didn't have the skill set. I think I was band-aiding it with one kid. And when kid number two came around, I was like, I don't know how people do. I don't know how women do this. How do women actually go to work and have two babies? I didn't have the skill set. And so I quickly finagled two work contracts. (laughs) I contacted my employer and negotiated a contract. I said, can I work for you contractually instead of being a full-time employee? And they agreed. And I had already had one freelance client. Um, So between those two, I basically came home. And that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey was freelancing my marketing. I Still had a deep ministry desire that my employer was a ministry. I worked a lot for nonprofits and ministries throughout my professional career. And me and my husband started a nonprofit organization. And that ended up being my full-time work was this nonprofit. That nonprofit was almost like a supplement to what Hearts and Home did. We had a very huge heart for equipping parents to pass their faith down to their children. And we would do workshops and trainings and you know, for churches and youth groups, that's what we did. And out of our work with mothers and youth, we pivoted a little bit to focus on moms and their teen girls and started publishing a magazine, a print magazine, which when I think back to it, I don't know what we were thinking, but we, (laughs) I don't know why we didn't go digital, but we went print. That print magazine became like our number one focus for the organization. And we worked really hard to make an excellent high quality magazine because we had a dream of having it distributed throughout the United States. And sure enough, we met that goal. We were picked up by two major magazine distributors and we were on the shelves everywhere. Teen magazines were sold in America as well as parts of Canada. And that machine was quite something to keep up with. You know, you have a Barnes and Noble asking for thousands of magazines at a time. Yes. That's just one retailer amongst all the other ones, the Hastings Books and the CVSs and the Walgreens and everybody else, you know, from small to large retailers. That machine to keep that commitment was more than I could hold. And that Mm. was just one aspect. 
of my work. Mm-hmm. We also had the nonprofit work that was still happening. I was still holding conferences. I was still teaching workshops. I was still going into schools, working with their youth. All of that was happening in conjunction with the magazine. All right. So we had a wonderful publishing team in order to make that magazine what it was. I had to hire a publishing mm-hmm. staff and they were amazing. They were just they were amazing. We even worked out a contract with St. Xavier College mm-hmm. where we worked with their women's studies and journalism department to receive interns for the magazine. Mm-hmm. And their interns mm-hmm. will receive three credit hours for their work with us. And it was just the magazine staffing and all of that was just amazing. But there was nobody on the administrative staff making all the other things work except, sure. for, me, except right. for me. So I became everything else. I became circulation. I became event planner. I became content creator for whatever workshops and events we were teaching. I became the person that found our speakers. And I was doing all of that, as well as being the editor in chief of a magazine that was literally growing faster than we could sustain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I went to my board of directors and I'm like, listen, I need staff. And there was no budget to pay for a magazine staff, as well as the executive administration and all the other things that we needed. And I quickly found myself in a place of burnout. That's enough, right? I usually forget to add on. I was homeschooling my oldest. Oh, my. Whoa. (laughs) I was homeschooling. So I was working 40 plus hours a week. I was homeschooling my oldest, my daughter. I was trying to homeschool both of them, but she was K-4, so it didn't really count, but I was called myself taking her through kindergarten, but it, I don't know what I was doing. But I was homeschooling my first grader and it got to the point that I didn't think I could do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I could homeschool and run the organization. So I enrolled my children into school. And at that time, my daughter was going into kindergarten. So it was her first mm-hmm. year in school. And um, my son you know what? He must have been, he must have been in first and second grade while I was while I was running the magazine, and I enrolled him into third grade. Mm-hmm. All right, and so I I thought this is going to do it. This is going to give me the time that I need to slow down. I'm going to take homeschooling off my plate and just focus on work. But according to the Enneagram, that is not how I work. All right, that is obviously not my personality type because what I did was find more things to fill that time with. Mm. I didn't let that margin do what it needed to do to help mm. me rest and recover or find the space that I need to not be overwhelmed. I just got more busier. Right. So what are you on the Enneagram, Deanna? I am tied for a one and an eight. Ah, oh, you and I are wired so (laughs) similarly. Why does that not surprise me? (laughs) I am tied evenly for a one and an eight. There you go. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. So let's talk for a moment. So you're filling up, you've opened up time, but you're filling it up. You're filling up the white space. Now that you can look in the rear view mirror, now that you can see um, and you know that it's burnout, what were some of the symptoms that you now know are burnout? Yeah. So I think we all can get in touch with the exhaustion and fatigue feelings. I also think though burnout shows out differently from different people. But for me, it showed up in a lack of ability to concentrate and to think clearly. So how did that manifest itself? I would lock myself out of the house. I would lock my keys in the car often. I would completely forget conversations I had with my husband. You know, Mm -hmm. those types of things were definitely showing up. 
I also had physical symptoms. I just wasn't feeling well. I mm-hmm. physically wasn't feeling well. It wasn't just being tired. My body was sluggish and definitely didn't have energy, but I just physically kind of sloshed through. I don't even know the word, the, the right verb, just felt heavy and mm-hmm. sluggish. Okay. All of that was showing up, but it became like the normal feeling. It was mm-hmm. like, this is just what it feels like to pull off what I'm pulling off. And I just learned how to navigate with that. But I do remember the forgetfulness being a, because it was like, how many times do I have to call triple A to realize I got a problem here? Mm, right. know, I'm, I'm going to go shopping in Target and I lock myself out of the car. That that kind of stuff was just happening all the time. Literally locked myself out of the house. I'm in my garage, hopping in my car, don't have keys to start the mm. car, get up. And I never locked the garage door. And it was locked. That day I locked it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. I am literally at my house, locked out of my house. And it's, it's like just the disconnect, the synapses were not firing. And mm-hmm. so that was something I remember because of how much it took for, you know, when you lock yourself out of places, you know, you got to call people to let you in. You got to call AAA to get you in your car. That was happening a lot. And now, of course, it's impacting other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> working let me in the house. You know, that type of thing, you know. Yes. So, yeah, those are some of the ways that I can recall that burnout was showing up for me. Okay. That makes sense. Wow. Okay. So you're beginning to connect the dots is what you're yeah. beginning to do. You're like, um, okay, wait a minute. This is not a one-off. This is yeah. not just, I'm too busy. This is unhealthy. This is unhealthy. And it didn't even start with that. My decision to turn it around didn't start with me realizing my unhealth. Okay. It started after the children finished a year in school. It's the summer and my children are sitting at the table and I'm got my laptop open. We're eating breakfast and I'm downloading registration forms for the next year. And I remember thinking, you know what, how did we get here? How am I re-upping another year for school? Now they had a wonderful year at school. The school was great. There were no complaints at all. My son was an honor student. There was no problems Mm -hmm. at school, but it wasn't the vision me and Eddie had for our family. Mm. We had a very strong vision around our children and homeschooling was a part of it when they were young. The things we wanted to accomplish with them, we felt like were best accomplished in a homeschool setting. Gotcha. And I couldn't understand how years of Eddie and I's discussion on their education and the goals we have for them, how I could quickly set them aside. I mean, I was literally like, they're only going to do one year. I'm going to catch up. I'm going to rest. And then I'm going to bring them back home. You know, that was the initial thing for that one year off, right? And here mm-hmm. I was just downloading paperwork. They're going back again. And I was like, how did I get here? This is not what we've envisioned for our children. We have just a certain amount of time with them while they're elementary age. And mm-hmm. I'm sacrificing the goals we have for mm-hmm. the name of whatever ministry or work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I slapped the laptop down and I looked at my kids. I said, you guys aren't going back. <laughs> they didn't care. My kids were so young. They're like, all right, whatever. I was like, I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I knew something's got to change in order for me to make room for you. (laughs) How crazy is that? I don't know what and how to do it, but I'm making the decision that you guys are not going back in the fall. In between now and September, I'm going to figure it out. And that's really Mm. where the change started. Wow. So 
that was kind of your stake in the ground moment, wasn't it? It was. It was. I call it my come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. It was like, right. it, it's got to change. I don't know how it's going to change, but I'm not going in the direction that I feel like I should be going in. And so right. I got to turn the rudder of the ship and this is my first step. Right. Right. Okay. So then what was your next step? Mm-hmm. I eventually communicated with my board of directors that I felt like I needed to move towards shutting the doors of the organization. And I asked them to help me come up with an exit strategy. And they did. And we, we had one more magazine that was already queued up to be published. And all, you know, all the, um, the things were already in motion to get that out to our distributors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're not going to publish another magazine. And so it took, I can't remember the exact months, but between four to six months total from that conversation to closing the doors is what it took. And I became a homeschool mother full time. I didn't have any other plan. I just knew I wasn't going to do this. And I just said, I'm going to be a homeschool mom for, you know, I just thought that was it. I'm not doing entrepreneurship anymore. I'm just, I'm going to come home. And that's what I did. So we, we were able to close the doors in about six months time. And I focused solely on my family. Now, I did, you know, pick up a couple of things here and there. Just, you know, me and my mom would craft and do craft. (laughs) We would do craft Mm -hmm. shows. That was like a way that I could nurture my creativity. We, we, it was not a business here. Please hear. It was not a business. It was a, it was like we would go make money at the craft shows and then we would spend all our money at the tables. At <laughs> and we thought that was the most fun ever. It was like, we're selling stuff that we make and then we get to go buy stuff other people make. It was this did. And I, I remember doing network marketing for a little, you know, I worked for a children's museum, more so to my children would come with me and play it <laughs> and play in the right. museum. These were just different things that I did just to kind of keep myself busy, but it would, it was nowhere near the level of entrepreneurial commitment that I had with the nonprofit. But yeah, so that's kind of what happened. I I shut the doors and just became, and I hate to say just became, I became a 100% homeschool mother. Okay. Now, before we talk about what happened after that, let's talk for a moment. You shut down a functioning organization. You shut down something that was a dream of yours. Mm -hmm. Did you struggle with failure? Did you struggle with grief? Yes. No one around me except for my husband understood. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, I definitely felt like a failure. I had a couple of family members say things to me like, you don't stick with anything. You start these things and then you quit. Which if you are an entrepreneur, you understand that habit, you understand the life of a visionary of always trying to create and um, put things out there. But I didn't realize that that's the way she was, my aunt was seeing it. Like you start Mm. these things and you quit. And that magazine was amazing. And you just quit. And then I had another family member, a cousin, we were sitting down at dinner. This was, of course, after the fact, after I shut everything down. And she's like, well, what are you doing with yourself? And I was like, well, I'm homeschooling the kids. And she was like, that's, that's it. That's all Mm. you're doing. You know? And so I felt like I failed my family. I felt like I disappointed people. I felt like, I felt like a quitter. Mm, yes, I can see how that would happen. Mm-hmm. And boy, this this is a time when the enemy just wants to get in there and whisper those lies mm-hmm. and bring all us down. Being, yeah, all of it was being whispered. 
And, um, and I felt it. I felt like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't living my potential. Mm-hmm. I was wasting gifts and skills and it made me feel small. It made me feel, you know, I don't, you're probably familiar with this, but it made me feel like being a mom wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. All sure. of those things I was feeling that. So right. yeah, that was going on. Yeah. How did you move beyond that place? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you sat in that for a little while because, you know, I mean, I struggled with that when Hearts at Home closed its doors. Mm-hmm. The failure, grief. I mean, it was, it was hard and it was the bigger part of a year that I mm-hmm. had to really wrestle with that. You know, I, I honestly think I still wrestle with it. You know, I think I'm mm-hmm. better but performance orientation, that's a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Tying my value to my success and my performance is a thing. Mm-hmm. And so the only way I'm able to combat it is with scripture and with the word and with staying connected with God and reminding myself who I am in him and making sure what I'm doing is tied to what he's directing me to. That's how I deal with it because it pops his head up mm-hmm. in different ways all the time. I have mm-hmm. those these are these are things I'm not so I am very self-aware of my tendency to tie success to to performance mm-hmm. and so I've had to nurture my faith I've had to lay that at the throne and say this is something I don't want to be because if I stay here I'm, I'm going to miss what you're asking of me I'm going to miss showing up the way you're asking of me and that's really the only important thing the only important mm-hmm. thing is doing what you're telling me to do and that is enough, whether or not it is something that's in people can see it out front or it's, it's something that people can never see. And it is enough for me. But my goodness, it, it shows its head. It pops its head up even in mm-hmm. my work now. So, yeah. Well, and part of that is your temperament it, that especially that Enneagram one is very much a perfectionist. We don't want to disappoint others. We don't want to let people down. We have super high expectations. So that plays into it as well. And honestly, if I'm honest with myself, it'll pop up for me every once in a while too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, it's been three years since that door was closed and it'll come up at the most odd times. So I totally understand that. Yeah. All right. So you're a stay-at-home mom. And do you yeah. feel like you begin to recover from burnout? Yeah, I do. Now, Please understand, I knew nothing of self-care. That was not a term for me then. It was not a hashtag for me then. I knew (laughs) nothing of what self-care was, but I was caring for myself. That's what was happening. Mm -hmm. I was learning how to meet my needs. I was learning how to be healthy. I was Mm -hmm. learning what rest actually meant for me without knowing or giving anything a definition. But that's what I was doing. And I was making room for it consistently. I read this book. Now, this is a life-changing book. (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with it. But at the time, it was called I Quit Hmm. by Jerry Cicero. But now it's called Emotionally Healthy Woman. Oh, I've read that one. Yes. It changed my whole life. I have gifted that book to I don't know how many people because I can't even talk about it without saying I want to give it away. So I'm going to say it even here. Look. Email me, stay refreshed at refreshmoms.com. The first three women to email me say, I want that Mm. book. I'm giving you the book. All right. It has absolutely changed my life. 
And I read that along with a lot of her and her husband, Peter Schizero, um, deal a lot with emotionally healthy spirituality. So I was like yep. neck deep in their stuff during this time. Yep. And it just was really transformational. So I lost 30 pounds. I prioritized my physical well-being. During this time, my mom was diagnosed with kidney disease and ended up on dialysis. And I was going through that process with her. And I was like, shoot, this is my future. If I don't make some changes, I need to, I need to make some changes. So I just started putting my rest and my care first without even understanding you know, self-care and the things I know now about rest. I didn't know any of that, but I was actually applying those things, which got me to a point of health and wellness and stability and habit and ritual and rhythm around caring for myself. And Mm. I did that for about three years. And it was at the end of 2017 that this little itch to hop back into entrepreneurship started poking its head up. (laughs) (laughs) And I really felt like God was leading me back into it. I feel like I have a gift for it. I feel like it's just part of what my service to the kingdom of God includes this entrepreneurial thing. Yes. And I told God, I was like, all right, if you want me to do it, (laughs) if this is where you, I need you to number one, help me not sacrifice the habits that I've created. I don't want to compromise the wellness that I've worked into my life. And number two, I want you to help me teach other moms how to do it. Because mm. other moms are feeling the call of God in ministry or in entrepreneurship. I know it's a thing. I know you care not that we're raising young kids when you call us. I know you're like, no, I need you to do this. <laughs> and so if you are calling us into it, you have equipped us. You've given us the wisdom to do it. So help me teach women that are feeling this call into ministry work or feeling this yes. call into entrepreneurship, how to sustain their wellness and yes. be present with their children. Mm, wow. And so that was the impetus for Refreshed Moms. Yes, it is. That's exactly why I started Refreshed Moms was to teach business building in a way that made room for their rest. That was it. It was like, you're mm. going to build a business, but you're not going to compare yourself to these people out there that are not building businesses with children playing Legos under their desk. It's not the same playing field. You can't do it the same way. You can't keep up with them. You know, there's a lot of male voices out there in the entrepreneurial training spaces. They're not building business the same. They may have 40 and 50 plus hours a week to put towards this. You do not and you know it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then even with women's voices, many of them built their successful businesses before they became moms. And Mm -hmm. so you can't compare. They're going to teach you how they did it. But guess what? They did it with a capacity and margin that you don't have. Mm -hmm. And so. You can listen to these voices and they're going to teach you very sound stuff that actually will work for your business. But you have to understand that what they did in eight months or what they did in a year may take you three. Mm -hmm. It just might, you know, because your pace and your margin is not the same. Yes. Helping women understand that. So they're not feeling like they're failing and not feeling like I'm not moving fast enough. No, you're moving at the pace that you need to move and you've got to trust that's the pace that God wants you to move because he called you into the work in the first place. So yes. if he knew you had to make room for it all, you got to trust and surrender to that pace and that capacity. And you got to know it's enough. It's enough. Mm. You're going to reach enough people. You're going to serve enough people. Your business is going to grow enough. You're going to make enough income. You have to understand that that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And so 
I believe moms have to do business in a very specific way in order for that to be a reality. And so I've been steeping myself in, I really, really believe in taking advantage of digital spaces and virtual spaces, online spaces to scale your work because we're moms. It's very, very hard to scale it when you're trading your time for money. It's just harder to sustain. Mm -hmm. It can be done, but it's just harder because it takes more time. So I just, I study and study and study that stuff. And I'm like, okay, how does what I learned fit a mom lifestyle? Yes. (laughs) And that's what I've been teaching. It's like, okay, we're going to learn how to create the marketing strategy and systems that you need, but we're going to build it in a way that aligns with the season of motherhood. Uh, That's what I do. Deanna, I love (laughs) it. I love it. Wow. I needed I needed your voice on that topic a long yes. time ago, girlfriend. Yes. I did too. <laughs> I did too. I remember hiring a marketing professional. And you don't think about these things when, you know, when you just don't know. And she was very smart, but she was she wasn't a mother. I'm not taken mm-hmm. away from her smarts, but she wasn't a mother. In the way she was approaching marketing, and I didn't know back then why I'm like, this just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit what I got going on. And I was paying thousands of dollars a month to work with this person. I'm like, no, this is, these are not things I should be focusing on right now. But I didn't mm-hmm. know what to call it. So I would have loved to have a coach that could take that and say, this is what this looks like for you because your daughter is four. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. That's so powerful. Well, and you just said something a few minutes ago. You said you may be able to find these strategies and they'll work for your business, Mm -hmm. but you're a mom and you've got to approach it differently. And what I thought of is, yes, those strategies will work for your business, but they might not work for your life. Yeah. Oh, that's good. See, now I got, that's a tweetable. I got to write that down. (laughs) But that's what came to my mind because, and that's what you're talking about here, Yeah. right? You're talking about, you've got to find strategies that will work for your business and your life. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. One of the things you talk about, Deanna, is you talk about the fact that as women, oftentimes we tend to overfunction in our spaces. And that was one thing you didn't talk about in your story, but I know that you also realize that you have Mm overfunctioned in the past. What does overfunctioning look like and Mm -hmm. why is that a problem? Yeah. So I was first introduced to the concept of overfunctioning in the book that I already talked about, which is emotionally healthy woman. She has a whole chapter on overfunctioning. And and when you read it, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is me. Oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing. And so in a nutshell, what overfunctioning is, you're doing, you are doing more than is necessary. That's really a nutshell definition of overfunctioning. So what does that look like? And I just had a podcast episode on this talking about gender roles and rest and how instead of approaching the things that have to get done, let's just say for home, just the things around the home, we as women and as moms tend to take ownership of that to-do list, mm-hmm. you know, and our spouses are very unaware of the things that we have tasked ourselves to do that week, right? Yes. And so the problem with that is the to-do list for the home is not an I thing. It's a we thing. Mm-hmm. This is the to-do list for our home to function, 
yes. for our children to be cared for, right? And one of the examples I use is how whenever we would go on vacation or go out of town, my husband had one bag to pack and I had three, right? I had to pack mine and the children. Yep. And I would get upset because he'd be done and I'm running around washing clothes and finding socks and, you know, trying to figure out if the bathing suits still fit. Do I need to run to Old Navy to get new swimsuits? And, you know, all these things are happening and he's yep. done, right? right? But what I didn't do was bring him in to what it's yeah. going to take for us to be ready to go out of town. Because yes. most of our husbands are not sitting around like I'm not going to help. They are just freaking unaware. They don't understand what it takes. Well, I thought you wanted to pack the children's bags. Yes. I thought you wanted to be aware. Okay. All that is, is a conversation. You know, when you're talking about healthy yep. communication is all right. We, we're going out of town on Friday. It's Monday. These are all the things that need to happen in yes. order to execute that. How are we divvying this up? Yes, yes, yes. You know, Deanna, my husband has been so helpful with this because I also, I'm an internal processor. Yes. Okay. I'm not an external processor. I'm an internal. So it's in my head. It's in my head all the time. And you know, finally, when he began to understand that and we, we began to learn how to work better together, he will bring a piece of paper and a pen to me and he'll say, all right, I know we're leaving on Friday and I know that you have 500 things in your head. Mm -hmm. Would you please write them down right mm -hmm. now? What a difference it makes because he's yeah. willing. He yeah. is willing. But oftentimes what we do is we resort to snide remarks mm -hmm. and comments and sarcasm and joking, but we don't just come right out and ask for what we need. Yes. And for some of you, you may feel like, well, I shouldn't have to. No, you, you do because they don't think the same way we do. All right. Yep. It's very rare that you're going to have a husband that thinks along those lines. Now they do exist, but most of us are not married to them. Okay. Nope. So, but they don't mind being brought into. This is me, you know, we're recording this right before Christmas. And, you know, I'm usually traditionally the one that gets all of the gifts for the kids. All of them. My kids bring the, like the to-do list are sitting right here in my inbox on my desk, right? I mean, they're, did I say to-do list? Their Christmas list are sitting yeah. right here in my inbox on my desk because they know who to bring it to. They bring it to mom. They don't bring it to dad. And so I had to do what I just explained. I had to make this instead of an I thing, a we thing. And we sat down for 15 minutes and discussed budget, discussed what they asked for. And I said, hey, do you want to have a Christmas shopping date tonight? And he was like, well, where are we going? I said, we're going to go sit in the bed with our laptop and we're going to shop. And he was <laughs> like, okay, cool. And so literally we sat in the bed and I was still working. I had a couple of things that like ran over and I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I got to finish these things. And he was like, no, I got it. And he sat there because we had made the list and we had discussed. He yeah. was able to price everything, put it in an Excel spreadsheet. This is like more than what I would have done. Put it in an Excel spreadsheet to kind of understand how much we're spending for this kid, how much we're spending for this kid, what's left over. He did all of that sitting next to me in a bed while I was finishing up some nonprofit stuff. And I I'm like, it. that was something I didn't have to do. Yes. Because I brought him in on what was in my head. Yes. Yes. And so a lot of times we're over-functioning because we don't bring them in. Yes. Yeah. Totally see that. That's powerful. Wow. Okay. So Deanna, mm -hmm. we got people listening and they're going, she's talking my language. <laughs> so how would you encourage 
other moms, other entrepreneurs to start their own burnout recovery process? Mm-hmm. One simple place to start, because I do think it's an ongoing thing to build the skill set around recognizing the path to burnout and being proactive about it. But something that I think would help is first, like a three step, I, I don't like really calling them step, like three things that you can do like right now today. The first thing would be to identify the things that in your brain have to get done. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's just start with your task. This could be work as well as home. Mm-hmm. Just get them out of your head, brain dump them onto a piece of paper, type them into a note in your phone. I don't really care how you do it. Just get them out of your head so that you can visually see it. All right. These yeah. are things that have to get done. All right. Mm-hmm. After you do that, I want you to identify from that list. What are things you have to do and what are things somebody else can do? Mm-hmm. All right. So an example would be I have these AirPods sitting on my dresser. I bought them from my daughter's birthday. They were the wrong AirPods. OK, I didn't realize there were more than one version. I bought mm-hmm. the wrong version. So I have to return them. I bought them on Amazon. So I had to go through the process of requesting the return. And now I just got to drop them off to an Amazon drop station or box. All right. Listen, I don't have to be the one dropping it off. It's something that has to get done by a certain date. Yeah. But I can say, hey, on your way home from work on Friday, Eddie, can you drop this off at the nearest Amazon? Right. So Mm -hmm. it's something on my list that has to get done, but it can be delegated out. All right. Yes. And there's other things that only I can do. Only I can record this week's podcast episode. Only I can show up and do the coaching session. You know, there's certain things that need me, but there's a whole bunch of other things that don't. So see if you can make a list, identify on your list, what are the things that you have to do and what are the things somebody else can do and get your brave on and delegate those things out. All right. Yep. And the third thing is (laughs) surrender what just ain't going to get done. (laughs) goodness oh that's hard some of those things just ain't gonna get done Mm -hmm. you are overshot your capacity I'm already gonna tell you most of you are gonna overshoot what is realistic to get done with the time that you have and so for the things that are not able to get done I need you to be able to surrender those and just put them on the list for next week or whatever you have to do or some things like I've had to surrender the cleanliness of my kitchen it is not cleaned at the level that I desire for it to be cleaned, but guess who doesn't clean the kitchen? I don't. Mm-hmm. I have to surrender that sometimes I'm going to wake up in the morning and those cabinets are going to be just a little bit greasier than I want them to be. Yeah. And guess what I do? I take a dish rag and I wipe it down. Yep. <laughs> do you know what yep. I'm saying? Sometimes the floor is not going to get swept. Yep. I want to explore one little piece of this because mm-hmm. when we delegate, it's not going to get done just the same the way that we would. Mm-hmm. And we got to be okay with it. We got to be okay with it. We got to release it, especially if you happen to be a type one mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really do. And we can't go behind. I mean, you taking a rag and wiping those cabinets, that's not fixing what they did. That's just, okay, I can do that because mm-hmm. the rest got done. Mm-hmm. Okay. But. You know, I just delegated something to my husband the other day. I had him, I had him make some uh, address labels for our business and address labels for our, our home. It was a simple little thing. But when they came, it was not what I would have chosen. <laughs> Let's just be really honest. Okay. And, and there were several reasons why. And I had to catch myself and go, Jill, just keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Just thank him for getting it done and thank him for doing it. And let it go. Mm-hmm. 
It's that surrender piece. Let yep. it go. That's the surrender piece right there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your children are going to end up in daycare with no underwear. You got to surrender it. I'm laughing because that's exactly a real life example of one of my clients. She was like, my husband gets the kids ready to go in the morning. He drops them off to daycare. <laughs> and she went to go pick them up. And the lady was like, just let you know, your daughter didn't have on underwear today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Like, I have two choices. My choices are, one, get up and do it myself, which I don't have the capacity to do. Or two, just bring it up to my husband. Hey, just so you know, our daughter did not have underwear on. So I'll just let you know, you know, and just letting it go because it, it could happen again. Yeah. And honestly, laughing about it. Yes. Let's just just laugh about it. I mean, those are things, you know, one of the things Mark and I talk about in No More Perfect Marriages is when to give forgiveness and when to offer grace Mm -hmm. to our spouse. And man, those are the moments where we just need to offer grace for those human things that happen that we just need to, we need to let our spouse be human. We need to let our kids be human and and not rake them over the coals for every little thing that goes wrong. Exactly. So true. You'll be better for it. You'll be more peaceful. Yes, you will. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, this has been so rich. (laughs) Thank you, Deanna. So rich. So you've actually got a few things that women can tap into. And one of them is you're offering a free graceful transitions meditation. Yeah. And this is for women who are entrepreneurs. Maybe they've been in work mode and now they may need to move to family mode or maybe women who work outside the home that now they're coming home. What is this graceful transitions meditation Mm -hmm. and what's a meditation? Why do we do it? Yeah. So first of all, for me, a meditation is an opportunity to quiet my soul and my mind and connect with God. There's different ways that I insert meditation into my day. One could be like in the morning, I can meditate in while I'm meditating, I'm prayer journaling at the same time because I'm just getting my soul and my spirit in connection mm-hmm. with the Father. And I know in some spaces it could be, it can feel a little woo-woo, but I do believe that God is the author of meditation. We are instructed a few times in the Word to meditate on the Word. And so I like to use meditations to help me do that. Now, this particular meditation, the Graceful Transitions, came out of a need that I saw expressed in my community that moms had trouble shutting off their brains from work which is causing it to not be as present as they desire to be with their family when it's time to plug into family. And I started thinking about the different things that I did to transition. And I would insert a walk or go sit on my porch and drink a cup of coffee and just for 15 minutes, just sit there before I go and start dinner. I literally call them transition tools, things that I use to help me quiet my brain, separate from technology, even like, you know, the Facebooks and the social medias and things that I use to um, leverage my um, work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to, I want to put that aside in order for me to be more present for my family things. And I'm like, why not just create a meditation that helps moms do that? Mm. And so I got with my team and I'm like, let's, let's do this. And I kind of let them know what it needed to have in it and what it needed to help them do. And I, they nailed it. It's just, they nailed it. I'm like, this is exactly what moms need an opportunity to just disconnect from how many things are running through their head, what didn't get done, what didn't get accomplished yeah. that day, and letting it go to, you mm. know, go back to it the next day. Yeah. And so you can be present. It's okay that everything on your to do list didn't get done. It's okay. But let's celebrate what did get done. 
Yes. We got a lot done today. Let's let's make room to celebrate that. And now let's now, you know, turn our attention to the things that our family needs us to show up for. So that's what that meditation is. And it oh, definitely gives that. you an opportunity to connect with God and um, pray over your accomplishments that day. <laughs> right, right. And it's like 10 minutes long, right? Not, yeah, like it's like nine minutes, minutes long. Um, the meditation actually goes to a little over six minutes as far as the guided portion. And then I left a little more music on the end because many times we just want to sit and quiet and pray. And I, th- yes. I thought that the music allowed for that. So the guided meditation portion is a little over six minutes. But if you just wanted to sit there for approximately 10 minutes, you could. And that's all it takes. It doesn't take more than that. No, I love that. And even a stay at home mom could use that to kind of bring the close of her day together. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's so powerful. And that's a free resource. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes. So anybody that wants to uh, tap into that, we'll put a link in there so that you can go to the Graceful Transitions Meditation. So tell us a little bit about Refresh Moms. You have a podcast. Yeah. You have a membership. Yeah. And you have an app. Right? I do. Yeah. So, so tell us about those. Definitely find me, Refresh Moms Podcast. That's a place I love to show up. Just encourage you around creating consistent rest habits in order for you to, you know, serve the people that God has called you to serve and be present for your family. So show up there. Got a lot of great interviews and tips and tools for you. And you and I, actually, I was on your podcast. Yes, right now it's the, it's one of the top two downloaded episodes. Yes, it is. So go find Jill. We're talking about sex after kids. It's amazing. <laughs> We had just so much finer. fun. Oh my it gosh, we had so fun. much fun. It was great. <laughs> I could have just kept talking on that one. All right. And then I created an app. It's called the Refresh Moms app. The app is designed for you to actually plug in those types of transition tools to give you opportunities to rest. I do focus on spiritual rest. You have a wonderful episode with Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith that yes. talks about the seven ways of rest. And literally, that's like my rest Bible right now is that book. And it is my desire to create opportunities for spiritual rest, which is one of the things she focuses on in her book, so that you can rest well. And you'd be amazed what spending connected time with God does for your feelings of energy and rest throughout the day. So you can find that app. It is centered for mom entrepreneurs. I am talking to the needs of the mom entrepreneurship community. So just so you know, but Go ahead and download it. It's $19.99. If you're going to buy a course, you can buy an app. So $19.99 is there yeah. for you to serve you. And then I also am launching a membership for moms that are on the verge of burnout, mom entrepreneurs. I want to show you how to take a sabbatical from your work without sacrificing income. There is a way to do that. And once you've rested, I'm going to teach you how to restructure your business in a way that fits the, your capacity to show up as well as create consistent four-figure months. If you have desires to make full-time income around your work, I can show you how to do it. And that membership is designed to um, get you there. So we're going to rest first if that's what you need. If you're like, well, Deanna, no, I don't really need to rest, but I do need to figure out how to convert financially. You can start there. It doesn't really matter, but it's a four-month membership. It's guided and I'll take you through all the steps. And it's great to just have the tool when you are ready for a sabbatical, when you are ready to take a break, whether it's a two week sabbatical, a one month sabbatical or longer. I'm going to show you how to set yourself up to be able to step away from your work without your work being compromised financially. So that's the Refresh Moms membership. Mm. You can find all that at DeannaMason.com forward slash membership. I would love to have you. Oh, so, so powerful. (laughs) Thank you. 
Thank, thank you. Thank you. you. Oh, Deanna, it's, it's been a delight. And I love that you help moms create and sustain spiritual rest habits yeah. that let them really serve their community and their family from a place of peace and not burnout. Yeah. That is something that I resonate with. Oh, I know that my listeners will as well. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. <laughs> this was absolute blast. Would you like to close in prayer for those that are listening that maybe are experiencing burnout? Mm -hmm. I just think it would be appropriate today. Mm -hmm. Father, I just pray for the moms that are hearing this, that are identifying with this message, that they are on the verge of burning out. They are on the verge of quitting. They are feeling like they are at the end of their rope, but they know that you've called them into their work. And I just lift them up to you, Lord, because it's confusing to figure out how to make room for all the things that are important and a priority. So I just lift them up. I know the first place to start is by connecting with you. And I pray, Father, that you will guide their hearts, that you will show them their very first step to take in order to make more room for the rest that they need so that they can be all that you've called them to be in the spaces where they serve. And I love you. I thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.